Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. On Ocean's Day in Davos, at the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum, I caught up with two passionate eco-ambassadors for the oceans. Nina Jensen is the CEO of Rev Oceans, and Peter Thompson is the UN Secretary General's Special Envoy for the Oceans. Nina opens our hearts and minds to the incredible ocean tragedy, a loss of 40% of life in the oceans over the past 40 years, and mostly due to human impact. As a city girl turned marine biologist, Nina fell in love with the oceans. Now, as a powerful voice and force of change for the oceans, Nina is leading the Rev Oceans research efforts to build the world's largest and most advanced James Bond-like research vessel to travel the world's oceans. Her mission is to engage teams of scientists and business experts in entrepreneurial ventures that create sustainable solutions to some of the world's most intractable global ocean challenges. Her charge to engage global citizens is simple. Vote into office political leaders who care about the oceans, reduce meat consumption, and cut out all single-use plastics in your life. Peter Thompson then grew up in Fiji, so the ocean was an everyday part of his life. As the president of Fiji is buying land in other countries to ensure Fijians have a place to live when sea level rise claims the island, it's clear that the health of the ocean is tied to the health of the Fijian community. Thus, Peter works tirelessly in his role as special envoy to the oceans to keep business and government on track with their commitments to ocean sustainability, while encouraging them to dive deeper, reduce, recycle, waste faster. The secret? Put value in the trash and create employment. Now, let's hear what Nina has to say. I'm here with Nina Jensen, who is the CEO of Rev Ocean. Tell us, what are some of the impacts that we're having as a global society in the ocean that we really need to be urgently concerned with today? Well, the oceans are being heavily impacted by human activities. And to put it in perspective, in my lifetime, over the past 40 years, we've lost more than 40% of life in the oceans. And the situation is accelerating as a result of plastics, pollution, climate change, and ocean acidification. And to be honest, I think most people don't actually understand how serious it is. And if they did, they would all be ocean activists like myself. So how are we going to make them ocean activists? What are some of the programs you're working on? Well, we've seen with the plastics issue that this is something that people can understand. It's brought to their attention through international media, and it's clearly actionable. And we need to do the same for the other ocean issues. Now, there's still a lot that we don't know about the ocean and about the challenges and the solutions, and this is, in part, what we want to try and fix with the Rev Ocean. So currently, we are building the world's largest and most advanced research and expedition vessel. It's kind of like wow. James Bond meets science. It will be 182 meters long. It will be ready in 2021 and offered as a free platform for scientists from all over the world to create solutions to ocean problems. The OECD estimates that uh, ocean industries can double their contribution to the global economy by 2030. So there's obviously endless opportunities for entrepreneurs, for businesses, for tech experts and the likes to come up with solutions and exciting business models related to the oceans. But to be able to harness the potential, we really need to fix the basic environmental problems that we've caused so far. And in these, there are also great financial opportunities 
and business opportunities if we do it in the right way. Yeah, what what is it for you? How are you how are you connected to the ocean? Well, I grew uh, up as a city girl surrounded by traffic and noise and every weekend I would escape out to my mom's childhood house right by the fjord where I was able to dive down under the water, experience a completely different environment, silent and super exciting with all the animals that lived there and that's where my passion and commitment to the ocean started. And as a result of that, I've devoted my life to ocean conservation. I'm a marine biologist and I also spent the past 15 years working for WWF on conservation issues. Now I feel extremely privileged to be able to work with a Norwegian philanthropist and businessman to be able to combine my environmental passion and understanding with his business smarts and capital to really scale up solutions at a much more rapid pace than we're currently seeing. I'm really glad that you brought up the philanthropic partnership that you've created because it really is all about partnership. How can we inspire philanthropists to really take leadership on Well, I think we need philanthropists and leaders like Mark Benioff, like Shelling Gerakke, who's my boss, and the likes to show their passion. Why are they doing this? How can it be done and inspire other philanthropists to do the same? And I think also we need to make them understand the linkages between environmental issues, the future of business, and also how it links directly to human lives. And that's obviously a responsibility that we have as environmentalists, making it increasingly obvious that environmental issues is not something to greenwash yourself with or just to have as a side activity it actually has to be core to your business plan to be able to survive as a company and for us as a species to be able to survive in the future and you speak of survival i think what's fascinating about the level of voice that we have seen increase in the oceans recently that i feel like one of the inspirational moments where we hit that tipping point was when national geographic came out with the article on plastics and associated the plastic pollution in the water to our own personal health and so really linking ocean health to human health seems to be a narrative that's really driving activity in this space absolutely how can we amplify that how can we really get people not just to wake up but to but to take action on on the oceans. I think I mean making the ocean issues and environmental issues understandable to people. A lot of times environmental activists talk in very difficult language. We talk about regulations and policies and IPCC and complex issues that people don't understand. We need to bring the issues home. Whether it's that plastics are ending up in your drinking water and affecting your health or it's that the oxygen's produced more than 50% of the oxygen that we breathe and unless we take care of them right. it's going to be really difficult for us in the long term to survive. So I think it's all about getting a better understanding, sharing the data and the information that we have in a much better way and that's the responsibility obviously of us as environmentalists but also of the media which is why the Nat Geo piece was brilliant. And thirdly, we need to turn that knowledge and understanding into concrete actionable solutions. I think more people than myself are getting tired of big international meetings, international regulations that aren't really been put into action. So, how can we act now rather than continuing to talk and how can we hold our business leaders and political leaders accountable for the decisions that they've already made and track them in terms of the actions that they are taking each right. and every single day. Didn't you talk about a dashboard as well on that regard? Yeah. To create a dashboard for activities that you're able to act 
actually track the progress that we're making. Um, I mean, it was it was just something I came up with in the panel, but it obviously makes quite a bit of sense if and we were able to have a visual representation, a dashboard of the commitments that are made and how the individual nations, companies and leaders are doing in terms of following up on their commitments. And it would be wonderful if that could be a cross-collaborative initiative that came out of the World Economic Forum and something that you know would increasingly help us reach the goals that we've all agreed on. Right, and what if we also expanded that a bit further and looked at our carbon footprint, but we don't make the link to how our carbon input into the atmosphere affects the ocean warming and that affects then fish migration and then communities that are deprived of those the population of of different marine marine wildlife in that particular area so maybe we also could think and expand our vision to think on um, an ocean footprint for each citizen and something of a diary to track our own ocean footprint. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a wonderful idea. And I think the the better we become at seeing large global issues like this in synergy and mm-hmm. seeing how they are not separate issues, but that they are actually closely interlinked and we would be much better at solving it. I think a lot of people listening or sitting there at home are frustrated about political leaders and others not taking the necessary steps to fix these problems. But I think there's also frustration in not knowing what can I do? How can I be part of the solution? So nobody can do everything, but everyone can do something. And if you really want to make a difference on big environmental issues, I would recommend at least these three steps. First of all, use your power to vote. Uh, We get the political leaders that we deserve, and unless you're using your vote, you're not really making a difference. Then secondly, reduce your meat consumption. This is probably the single most important influencing factor on climate and on biodiversity. There's actually now in weight, probably 96% of the weight on this planet is represented by livestock and 4% by wild animals, just to put it in perspective. So reducing your meat consumption is definitely a huge influencer. And then finally, cut out all single-use plastics from your everyday life. And doing these three things, you will have a big impact on both the environment and on the ocean. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate our conversation. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) I'm the UN Secretary General's Special Envoy for the Ocean. That's why I'm uh, passionate about this. Well, before that I was as well. I come from Fiji, where we, of course, uh, live with the ocean every day. So what's the driver here? The driver is that we're in deep trouble when it comes to the ocean, whether it's ocean acidification, ocean warming whether it's weakening ocean currents or dying coral or the fact that we're overfishing, you know, 33% of our global fish stocks are being fished to extinction, whether it's the unconscionable levels of pollution that humanity is putting into the ocean, and that's not just plastic, uh, that's industrial waste, it's sewage, it's agriculture runoff from nitrogen and phosphorus. We have been doing a terrible job in our generation in terms of harm to the ocean. Of course, this is actually harm to ourselves because the ocean will go on without us. But this is about harming humanity, what we are doing in harming the ocean's health. This is why I'm passionate about it. The good news is that, yeah... we're taking a few species with us as well along this extinction journey. (laughs) Yeah, but the ocean will be there and new species will take their place eventually. But, you know, what a tragic way to even talk. So I'm part of a movement. In fact, I'm the co-chair of a movement called Friends of Ocean Action, which we formed a year ago here in Davos 
which is thought leaders from around the world, about 50 of us from leaders of business and government and NGOs. And it's amazing what's been achieved in the last year by this Friends of Ocean Action. And this is why you're seeing this Ocean Day here in Davos this year. And this is about, uh, like climate change, uh, this is about humanity finding a uh, sustainable way of living on this planet. And it seems that we're stepping up to the problem when we had the representative from Dow Chemical in the room, comes from a chemical engineering company. We have him saying, you know, we will solve this problem because he works with engineers that love to solve problems. And so as far as re-engineering the plastics in the ocean... Yeah, I agree. It's very encouraging. I mean, that that, that was an alliance that he was talking about of all the biggest plastic companies in the world. They've they've got together in this alliance and they've got a billion and a half fund which they're working on. But nobody should have comfort levels in this regard. I mean, I'm neither an optimist nor a pessimist. I'm a pragmatist. And yeah, they of course they need to do that. They, they're the ones that are putting the plastic there in the first place. So plastic has its uses, obviously, and it has to be the right plastic for the right uses. But we have to find alternatives to this single-use plastic, for example. And I'm hoping that this alliance that he announced there will find those alternatives to plastic sachets. Right. Well, it really feels that the narrative is shifting. You also had in the room B. Perez from Coca-Cola, who was saying, you know, we're also looking at reimagining what would the world look like without packaging, or yes. if our packaging was 100% biodegradable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they're very encouraging so, to hear what Coca-Cola was saying there about uh, rethinking the whole model. But in the short to medium term, of course, their model is that they uh, will recapture all their product and recycle it. So that's a huge commitment from uh, both Coca-Cola and I think Pepsi made the same commitment, if I'm not wrong. And so recycling is also a very important part of the, the circular economy, a very important part of the picture. And it's a really important part of the picture, as V was mentioning, in that it also employs thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. She gave us the, the, the narrative on uh, Rosina, who is uh, one of the people in their Collectiva project yeah. in Brazil, yeah, yeah. and how her life changed yes. when she went from yeah, one yeah, yeah. person recycling to yes. a 700-person yeah, operation. Absolutely. And so, what do you think about you know the opportunities then at the other end of this sort of tragic transition? Where well, we if, you, if, you, if you're talking about trash, uh, you know, it's to put the value into trash and to empower people that want to be part of it. Uh, that there are some wonderful startups that I was at breakfast this morning with young people who've got great ideas on not just uh, trash collection, but separation of trash and recycling of trash, but putting the value into it and creating employment out of that. I think is really a way to go. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Have a wonderful day and happy Ocean Day. Thanks very much. Thank you for listening to our Natural Intelligence Worldwide podcast, where we're committed to spotlighting intuitive vision, nature-inspired knowledge, and native wisdom in our world. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com forward slash worldwide. There, we have a growing portfolio of podcasts with world leaders on nature, sustainability, climate, and tech for good. Thank you for awakening natural intelligence in the world. Have a beautiful day.